Welcome to Sixers GM Podcast. It is the night of November 13th, and it's an exciting time in Philadelphia as Jimmy Butler is set to make his debut tomorrow night. Um, tonight we are talking things Sixers, all Sixers and only Sixers. Um, we have Zach Mosco calling in from St. Louis. I'm here in London and really excited for tonight's podcast. Zach, what's going on? Uh, not too much. Checking out this trade and uh, sad to see he wasn't playing over the weekend, but uh, we'll get to see what happens tomorrow. Yeah, so as you all know, the Sixers traded for Justin Patton, um, and they gave up Jared Bayless, Robert Covington, Dario Saric, and a 2022 second-round pick. Um, hopefully Justin Patton proves to be something, um, or if not, the Butler guy could be good. Um, overall, I think it's a pretty good trade. Pretty good trade. Um, you know, we're not exactly sure what's going on with Butler's contract next season as he can opt out and try to make more than the 19 or so $20 million that he's guaranteed for that contract if he's looking to make a, a maximum contract and go with the Sixers. Uh, but he is uh, definitely a, a focal point to um, any team's defense as well as offense and I think could be this third chip that the Sixers are really looking for. What do you think? Could be. There's a lot of stuff going on in the locker room. A lot of the guys are saying that he's been the problem in Chicago and Minnesota, and he's going to be cancerous for the team. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's not a view Sixers typically take on things. Yeah, I think with five years of tanking and building a winning culture, you know, despite uh, having quite literally a losing culture. I think they can overcome Jimmy Butler. I mean, I know he comes in with a, a fresh start and to a team that's dealt with a lot and has high hopes and strong leadership. I would say Embiid's a strong leader. I'd say um, Brett Brown is a strong leader that I, I think he can, you know, I think he can really make a difference on the court and prove himself there and then, you know, be respected by his team. So, you know, there's a lot, there are a lot of young players that he can mentor. And I think his personality is something that people are watching. And I think he will be more conscious of this than he was, you know, when he was playing alongside, you know, Levine and um, Wiggins and Towns. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think it's, it's going to be really exciting and I can't wait for tomorrow night's game to see how it performs. People have high expectations. They're probably expecting to score 25 you know, wouldn't really surprise me if he had a limited role, played like something like 20 minutes, had 10, 12 points or something, had a few rebounds, and and really just made a presence um, on the court. But uh, do you have any expectations for you know not just tomorrow, but what he'll be in these upcoming weeks as he transitions into his role? I guess before we even look at what his role will be or how he really fulfills the goal the team has for him, I guess we kind of should look at what the team lost. Yeah. Um, number nine, number 33, number zero, if you count that. Yeah. And what do you, what do you, what do you take of that loss? Uh, I mean, I guess we lost shooting ability. Sarge is in a slump, but Covington with some of his crazy threes that he chucks up, he's still one of the better three point quantity one of these made shooters in the entire league. So I think we lost some perimeter shooting. I think we're going to make up with that with fewer turnovers and fewer shots attempted. But we lost him. We lost Sarge in the mid-range game. 
we lost a bigger body and he's not as athletic in Sarge, but um, in Sarge, we had someone who was gritty and more rough. So I think we're going to have to try to make up with, I guess, Jimmy Butler is not afraid to be rough, but I'm not sure what Justin will shape up to be like. Yeah. You know, it's it's so hard when you have these guys who are true process players. And I know Dario was a guy that they said would never come over and Cummington was sort of your scrappy, you know, really just driven and motivated guy who wanted to prove himself in the league. So to lose, you know, people that you have been able to even not relate, but find some common value with, you know, is, is something that is, um, I think, more difficult than somebody from an outside uh, perspective would really perceive it to be. Um, and I think going through hundreds of losses with those two players um, it definitely takes a toll. And I think uh, they will do well in Minnesota. I mean, I'm not as optimistic about Dari. I think he'll have a, an okay career. And I think uh, he'll, he'll get paid more than he would have gotten paid in, in Philly. But, you know, I, I really I really think Covington will shine being with um, – couple ball dominant players who can create space and kick to the wing. I mean, I guess the only other thought kind of going back a little bit in Justin Patton is the thought that he can, I guess, play the four and kind of be the position that Saric sometimes is in when he's on the floor. Um, Cause I read an article on fan sided that said that Patton was actually the steal of the trade and that it wasn't Jimmy and that the third year player, not third year, but third year player really offers something to the team. And he was originally part of the Butler trade in June that moved Levine and Dunn and traded the draft rights to Larry Markinen. Um, so I've been trying to build around Cat, but no one's really talking about, about him. So I think Jimmy, we kind of just see if personalities fit. I think, I guess we know the talents there. And now this other guy, we're not sure fully of the talent, but I think that this could so this could have actually been the trade. Everyone ignores anything besides losing. Yeah, our I mean, two main players, and so the, the only thing with him though is I, I know he is a free agent at the end of the season, and he's he's injured, right? He, well, he very both, well. They both they both are. Yeah, I, I assume I I know I assume that Butler will opt out of his contract, but I'm saying for Patton, I think. If he is a free agent, um, well, given that he is a free agent, and if he doesn't play this season, we won't really have an opportunity to see how he fits on the court, and therefore, you know, he might not have any reason to stay in Philadelphia, even though we have a, you know, this winning culture with Butler, and we have the the big three or the power three or whatever they're going to end up being called. Uh, you know, he's been up and down in the D League for a while, and he he will be a free agent, so. There's no, we don't have any restriction on him, and we might not even have a chance to see him play. Well, and he's been injured a lot. He's had a lot of foot injuries. Kind of reminds us of a skinny Joel Embiid, um, as far as foot injuries go, and being a big man, seven feet. But I, I don't know. I know he was on his rookie year contract, and then he, uh, in Minnesota, declined his third year. So that's why he's a free right. agent. So that says something in and of itself. Going back to Butler, though, where do you see him fitting in on this offense? You know, like what do you what do you envision the starting lineup being, and how do you see them operating? Um, I mean, I guess so we have Simmons starting 
I guess we have Bede, JJ, Butler, Fult. I mean, I guess is, in, is Simmons going to be moved to the move from point guard to I'm not sure shooting guard, or he, is he just going to go to a power forward, or where is he? Well, I think on defense. I think on defense he's able to shift up and guard bigger players as he has at times this year and at times of last year. I, I think offensively though, you're right. It, it basically is just we lose Dario and Covington. Uh, we, we lose Dario and Covington and uh, add Redick into the starting lineup. Um, you know, it will be effectively four guards. Um, although you can make a case that Jimmy is small four, and you can make a case that Ben is a point well, four. For reference, it was. Reference the other night against the Heat, it was Simmons, JJ, Fultz, Embiid, and Wilson Chandler. So are we stepping out Wilson Chandler for Butler? Yeah, yeah, I think that would be a good starting lineup. I in my mind have this uh, this beast mode, and to get to beast, I did I did Ben Embiid. Uh, I think I threw in Amir Johnson for his hustle. Uh, S. Who's the S? Oh my God! Who's the S? Oh no! B was Butler. S was Simmons, and then T was TJ. And you throw on that five with their hustle and defensive grind. I think that would be. I mean, obviously you can't put Embiid with Amir, right? That's not something that really would flow well and would be a throwback to 2016 or actually 2015. Uh, Noel Okafor, but. You know, just their their effort and their grind, I think, would be would be you know at the core of the word beast. Um, but no, I think so, it's good. So with the Celtics having with the Celtics having lost a few games recently, does this change at all with the Sixers pickup and Gordon underperforming? Anything? Does this change moving us up from third or fourth to first or second? Or definitely, does this put yeah, us now? definitely. I think the Sixers with Butler are, you know, the clear number. I think, I think, I think most most unbiased sources would put them at number two. I mean, there's no, I don't see how you can make a, a case for even the Bulls or the Bucks, and to make a case for. The Raptors, you know, while Kawhi is Kawhi, he's still not at 100% health, and still the rest of the team isn't isn't amazing. So I know the Bucks have been on, you know, have had a winning spurt, you know, for much of this season. But I think if you want to give me the top three players on any t- any team in the league, I think the Sixers are competitive. Like you have a three on three tournament with the Warriors, and you give me Durant, Curry, and I guess Clay uh, Durant. Maybe they put Draymond if it's three on three, and then you put Simmons and Bead and Butler. I mean, those guys are just as tough. They're 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 probably better defenders. Obviously, they're not as good offensively, but they can at least put up a show. I think well, we, they can't three on three on three is not a forty eight minute game with subs and right. But, so, but I mean, yeah, we could we could go down the bench. The, I, yeah, JJ I with Clay. Point, I, I don't know. That's, if that's why we're better than the Raptors. We've lost a bunch recently in overtime, so I don't know. You not if you go length, they can't play the whole game, right? And he's proven he can't play fourth quarters yet. Yeah, well, but well. that's fine. That's fine. That's three players. We have a we have a an entire team that we are beefing up. You know, the Wilson Chandlers, the Jared Baylesses, the 
you know, th these are not guys that we, and at least in my eyes, ever thought would be starters in the league. Well, okay, that's a, I don't mean the league in a championship contending team, right? So we're building up our team while bringing in veterans to really. We got, grow. We got rid of Bay. We got rid of Bayless. I know. I'm saying he was not a guy who we ever thought would be anything of significance, right? We thought, I mean, at least I thought he could be seven, eighth man on the bench at his best, and uh, I and think he, he never was anything. Right. All right. So my only point of saying that is. And what's Wilson Chandler? Wilson Chandler's here for a year or two. I don't think he's he's going to be an integral part of this championship run. But there are guys who are, and and we are, you know, I see that as like the Jonah Boldens of the world. These guys that have been surrounded by the process, have sort of been an offspring of the process, who are going to ultimately make a difference. Well, some of them ultimately will, and others will fail, and others will, you know, obviously fall somewhere in between. And I think that having these guys like the Wilson Chandlers to be not only mentors, because it's not like the Elton Brand, Emeka Okafors um, of the past five years, but more like the... It was, it was a good analogy. Somebody who, who's actually had a presence on the court, but is also, you know, helping these players set them up for the most success, you know, that they could possibly achieve, you know, as we look two, three down, years down the road. Because Boston, three years from now, I mean, depending on what goes on with Gordon and with Kyrie, but outside of that, they still have a really good core. Um, you know, I'm excited to see what they do with with Tatum and Brown, and I think Sixers. Bucks maybe, I thought the T Wolves, but they're not looking good. And the, the Celtics, you know, three four years I think are really going to stand out, and you can make a claim for the Lakers. But but I, I don't know. I I still think people are too short sighted with all this, and I think we're still three or four years before we are before we are the clear favorite in the league. It's three or four more years. Well, I don't think they think it's three or four more years. Otherwise, father wouldn't be on the team. I mean, Butler, if he re-signs a five-year max, maybe I say I say two years then instead, and I say in three years they're, they're the favorite, whatever. Yeah, to get three years of him, and then he could re-sign. He's not that old. I think he's 28 or so. You know, at 28, if he has a five-year contract, and at 32, he's, you know, the Sixers are contending. That's, that's not necessarily old in basketball. That's not young, obviously, by any means, when guys have been in the league for 10-plus years at that point, but... He could still be mobile. He could still make a significant impact, I'd say, for – I mean, look at Dirk. Dirk had a big impact until he was like 38. So it's still five, six more years at that point, and who knows? Who knows well, what we'll see. this year's I'm, a, I'm ready to win now. I'm not, yeah. I'm not waiting another three or four years. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what happens tomorrow, and let's see what picks they – not picks, what moves Elton Brand, by that I mean, really mean – Josh and Brett make to to set us up for uh, success by you know around the trade deadline. I think come February we'll have a a much clearer picture of if we are playing for the short term or the long term. Not just because of our record, but because of the moves that we make along the way and how the rest of the league shapes up. Right, if Boston could do something, the Lakers could do something, and you know maybe it's not much with the Lakers. Maybe we want to stay competitive in the East, especially as the East has gotten a little bit stronger as of late. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting and I, I really look forward to it. Well, thank you guys for joining the Sixers GM podcast. I'm Josh Mosco with the Zachary Mosco. I'm coming to you from halfway around the world. Um, until next time, enjoy tomorrow's game.